Hello and welcome to another episode of the Clever Kids Podcast. Uh, this is a weekly pop... Nope. I'm going to do it again. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Clever Kids Podcast. This is a weekly a uh, podcast where three brothers talk about a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. My name is Tyler, and as always, I am joined by my hosts, uh, um, co-hosts. <laughs> Damn, I was so close on that one. Brian, how are you doing? <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. How are you doing, lovely people? I'm doing all right. Jeff, how are you? I'm I'm doing better now that Brian just called me lovely. I don't think he's ever given me a compliment before. Uh, sorry, I was talking to the audience. Oh. I just want to make sure that's clear. I do quickly want to point out how how cool Jeff's shirt is. Um, Jeff, Jeff, explain the shirt that you're wearing to us. It's very cool. This isn't the first time I've made you explain the shirt that you're wearing, actually. <laughs> but this one, there's a specific reason. So go it's, ahead. It's the first time I remember. But um, I, I, I remember am... we talked about your Pink Floyd shirt a couple of, uh, when oh, Brian yeah. was out. Okay. Home, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm wearing a shirt that Tyler, uh, who is patting himself on the back right now made for us uh it's a uh, black and r- a rustic orange tie-dye shirt rustic orange yeah. it's just so it's a reverse tie-dye i did a bleach acid wash on a black shirt and then i screen printed our podcast logo onto the shirt and you know what you listeners you let me know if you want one i will work out a price with you and i will buy i will buy the materials i'll make you one and i'll mail it over to you and i'll just only make you pay i won't even profit off of it i'll just make you pay for all the materials and the shipping and that's it you will all become walking billboards for us i think i already know at least two people that will want one two yeah name them right now names and addresses dox these fuckers let's do it Uh, one is our cousin who I was yeah. with this weekend. Don't, don't dox her. She's a doctor now. She could come for us. <laughs> and uh, another one is a friend of mine from college. Okay. Well, uh, if they are actually interested, let uh, get them in contact with me, and uh, I will actually make them for them. So, anyway, um, this week we're going to be talking about um, two things. We're going to be talking about Space Jam, and we're going to be talking about Loki. I think we're going to start with Space Jam. Um, gonna just say throw this out there right off the bat uh we're going to spoil both of these shows or the show and this movie um so if you have not seen it do not listen any further um that being said right off the top maybe we could just go around uh here and say whether we liked it and maybe try not to do too many spoilers right off the top um i'll start uh i really liked it um you know i have you know it's not perfect or by any means uh it gets cheesy uh at, at certain points um but it is like a family movie so that's to be expected but you know i i overall i enjoyed enjoyed it the whole time and uh and i liked it um brian i absolutely hated it <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> i uh i thought it was good i thought it, i thought it really uh stacked up well with the original i think um i wasn't expecting an Oscar performance out of LeBron and we didn't get one. So I was not disappointed. Uh, um, but at the same time, I thought it had a lot of charming qualities to it. And uh, yeah, so and, and obviously some parallels to the original one that was just kind of like a nice little throwback, like callback to, to what we got uh, back in the nineties. 
Jeff? No, I definitely echo a lot of the same sent- sentiments. I feel like, uh, I mean, the, all the Looney Tune characteristics were, were fun, you know, traditional. They had definitely had a lot of spin using the other Warner Brothers properties that I thought was very fun. Um, the introduction of, you know, the, the entire concept and themes of LeBron with his family units and, and the dynamics of him, you know, wanting to have what's best for his children, like all those chords struck home well. Um, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was a good film overall. You know, it, it, obviously a lot is lost given that it's a, a, a kid's movie and, and meant not to be, you know, super overanalyzed or um, leave some deep uh, conceptual meaning behind. But uh, overall, I think it did everything that it set out to achieve. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to jump into full spoilers. So again, um, don't listen any further if you haven't seen it, because we will be spoiling it. Not that there's really a lot of spoilers to be had in this movie, but we're going to talk about it. So biggest spoiler right up top is that there is no Michael Jordan cameo in this movie, which bummed me out. And like, I, I genuinely was kind of like one, like I was like, went into the movie and watched it with my wife. And we were thinking that we were we were talking and I was like, I wonder how they're going to work a Michael Jordan cameo into it. I'm really excited for them to have a Michael Jordan cameo. And then by the end of the movie, we didn't get one. And I was kind of bummed. And also no Bill Murray. I mean, I just, I always associate the initial, the original space jam as being like a Michael Jordan and Bill Murray movie. I mean, it's primarily Michael Jordan. Right. But like Bill Murray was such a major component in it for me uh, that I was just sort of bummed uh, by the end of the movie when we didn't get one. Now they do walk around that by giving us a Michael B. Jordan cameo, which is very funny, was a very good moment in the movie. But I think that, you know, I, I was kind of excited to see MJ actually show up and then for him to have not, uh, you know, I wonder what that production was like if they couldn't, you know, they weren't offering him enough money or if he was just like, nah, I'm good, you know. I, I do wonder about that. Or maybe he just like didn't want to give LeBron his blessing. I don't know. That's really what know. I was about to say is that might this might be my moment to shine talking about sports here, but I'm wondering if there's th- it speaks to uh LeBron and MJ's relationship. I know that MJ's been somewhat gracious of LeBron's pursuit of his legacy. However, um you know, there might be something there where, you know, MJ just, you know, it's kind of like, yo, bro, you going after everything? <laughs> like, you're going to even go after Space Jam? Like, what the hell? And, uh, you know, it's, it's just interesting. I don't know what the nature of their actual, like, friendship is, but, uh, you know, LeBron's been been in his rearview mirror for a long time. So, I, I, I don't know. There's there's something about MJ where his, his competitive uh, nature drive doesn't, uh, you know, it, it's, it hasn't gone away. You, you heard in his, um, you know, recent Last Dance documentary, that dude just, you know lives for competition so i'm wondering if that played a factor maybe he took it personally <laughs> yeah space jam 3 just got announced michael jordan coming back he's coming back he's losing a lot of weight he's getting back in shape for it yeah he's gonna be wearing all hanes from the to, from the top to the bottom um yeah i don't i don't i don't really know i was i was bummed i would have really liked like even just like a moment where like mj shows up uh, maybe I honestly thought maybe they they would work it in that he was on the goon squad, you know what I mean? And then they could like CG they make like a CGI Michael Jordan basically, so Michael doesn't have to like get out there and like actually, you know, get back into playing shape. But um, they didn't do that, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
That'd have been really awesome. I, I got to say, that'd have been really awesome to get MJ in the in the game. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, have him be on the goon squad and have uh, LeBron have to beat Michael. You know, but yeah, I think but then Michael you have, would have been like, I was nope. Say, then you have then you have LeBron James beating Michael Jordan, and like, yeah, Michael, why would Michael MJ would have been like, nope, fuck that. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good off that. Although, if he they would've... said, uh, if I win, I get your hair line. Uh, that would have got me, Dude. Um, which is another SNL reference. I keep making those. I don't. I don't even watch it that religiously, but I do think that they they nail it sometimes. Um, they, uh, yeah. Speaking of hair, y- y- y'all notice LeBron's hairline's looking great all of a sudden. Do you guys remember how? Do you bad guys? His do you guys hairline... know the history of that? Well, his hairline. I wait. What do you mean? I mean, he's, it's like a long documented record of LeBron's struggles with his hair. Yeah. He's definitely a man who was going through male pattern baldness, right? His hair was, his hairline was pulling all the way back into like mid scalp territory and it is all the way back to normal. It's all the way back. He's got a great hairline. And I was like, I need to go to my, I, I have a full head of hair still, but it's start, you know, I'm 31, actually 31 now and my hairline is starting to pull back a little bit you know i don't think i'll probably go bald but i want my i want to keep my hairline so <laughs> i didn't know where he went to get that all that hairline back well, he said it some struggles great there's like a famous like game where he, he had hair coming out in clumps like in the yeah. middle of the game have you seen the clips of that it's kind of yeah. gross but at the same time i don't it was again he's a guy that strikes me as like a dude, dude that would look fine with the bald head i don't really understand why he never steered into that skid and just said fuck it you know what i mean like mj I mean, did it mj did it right after college <laughs> i was gonna say he probably just didn't want to get compared to michael jordan even further yeah um yeah i don't know but his hairline looks great it's all the way back and i i, I mean more power to him but i just bron bron just you just get your people in touch with my people let me know who fixed up your hairline because I might need that in a couple of years and I really need some help on that. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of just LeBron James in general, I, I did think it would be interesting if we all kind of went around because I think LeBron James is sort of an enig- enigmatic figure in the world of sports and popular culture. Um, I think because he's got like that Tom Brady kind of situation where everybody loves to hate him, you know? And I wanted to see like it, our, I I have I have been on that side where I didn't like him because everybody was talking about how incredible he was. So I was just like, nah, he's not that cool. But then I've, I've in my old age, I've I've come around on those kinds of things, and I don't have as much as I, mean, I don't know as heavy of opinions of things that are like universally liked, right? Um, and I like LeBron James. I genuinely like. I think that he seems like a good guy. Um, I think that you know maybe his agents and his publicists have done like weird things like the taking my sound, my talents to South beach press conference thing. Wasn't really great um, for his image or whatever, but uh, does anyone have like problems with LeBron? We have any LeBron haters right on right now, or are we all kind of in that same, like I like him bit Jeff. I don't have a problem with LeBron. I, uh, I mean, I, I think he's a fantastic basketball player. I don't think that's even possible to be denied. Um, no, I mean, I, I first got introduced to LeBron James back in like, uh, I want to say like 2005. I remember when the, we first got, uh, it wasn't 2005, it was like 2009 when we first got the the PS3. One of the games that came with our PS3 was an NBA Street V3. And that was like right when LeBron had been entering the uh, NBA. He was like one or two seasons in. 
and Brian apparently had, had knew who he was through following him through high school or to the end of his high school career and used to play as him frequently. Uh, and even back then, I remember even then in that game in, in 2009, he had already had the nickname of King James. Oh, he's and, had it since uh, high school. And yeah, that was his high school nickname. And he was fucking dominant, even as soon as he entered the league. And I, I just remember uh, we've kind of watched his career from the moment I, I've been aware of his career for you know since he entered since that time period, whenever that was, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Um, no, I'm sure that earlier than that was it. Well, we didn't yeah. get the PS3 oh, until like two thousand nine. Um, so that he he was in the league for a few years, I think, at that point. Well, he's, he's, in the, he's he's the uh, pride of the 03 draft class. 03. Wow. Um, wow. He's much older than I am. I thought he was he's, almost in the same age as I am. 37, 38. Oh, wow. He's wow. up there. Um, wow. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, look, let me jump in here and I'll, I'll try not to prattle on too long just because obviously I could talk about sports until I drop. But, um, I have never understood any hate for LeBron. I don't think that there is a criticism that I can really understand about him other than uh, he complains a little much about calls, but then again, they all freaking do that now. So, you know, at this point, stars, they're struggling in the Olympics right now. They just lost to Nigeria in the Olympic practice rounds because all the stars are all looking around for foul calls that they get in the NBA that in the Olympics, they're like, kiss my ass. That wasn't a foul. And so I, I don't really blame LeBron for that. I think that's more of an NBA culture thing. Unfortunately, he has the ball more than most, and he has the camera on him more than most, so he gets more of that kind of scrutiny from people. Well, about he's also calls. the one that everybody's paying attention to because yeah. he's such a major and figure. And it's the same thing in the NFL where they protect quarterbacks super hardcore. And I'm like, that's their product. Of course they're doing that. So when the stars are getting foul calls, I'm like, yeah, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Like, and, and for people to come out, I just went and saw a soccer game last night, and those dudes are milking it for yeah, they, it's, like they deserve it's hard to watch awards for, for how much of a performance they're putting on. As soon Kelly as they cross the out, as soon as they cross the out of bounds line, the injury goes away, and they run back on the field, and everyone ignores it. And I'm like, what the fuck? They yeah, look like as he was soon about as to the die. yellow card comes out, they jump and do a fucking cartwheel, and <laughs> dude, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard for me to ignore. I'm like every time I'm it's, like, what he was just crying like his leg was broken it is hilarious they're, they're, they showed some of the replays after the yellow cards would come out and the the slide tackle would be like two feet away from them before they even started tripping like they were already tripping and it was like it's, come it's on. really hard to stomach i can't stand that i i honestly think it's funny i it's part of the game so whatever although I, there were a couple moments where like there were some some good tackles this is getting away from the topic entirely but just follow me on this segue here um and uh i it made me think that soccer should embrace some hockey style fighting <laughs> allowances because there was some the times where like, they would get up and they would start pushing each other and get in each other's faces and shit and i was like oh hit them hit them <laughs> do it they wouldn't but so, so back to my point, anyway. I, like with LeBron, I just, there's very little other criticism that I can really understand about him. I mean, one, the dude married his high school sweetheart. Okay. Mm -hmm. How often do you see that with, you know, up and coming superstars that are just suddenly handed, Major the dude athlete. was handed right out of high school. He was the number one draft pick and was handed a $90 million Nike contract. 
Just they right. just wrote him a check for ninety million. And uh, went, there you go. <laughs> Speaking of you, Nike, real quick, did you guys catch the biggest Nike cameo? <laughs> yeah, like where his, product his, placement. His, when he his lands body, in Tomb yeah, World, his cra- yeah. his crater was a Nike check mark. That made me laugh. Uh, that made me laugh too. It was I was like, ridiculous. man, they're owning it. Like, but so anyway, he was handed ninety million dollars at the age of eighteen. Fuck, he might have still been seventeen. And and that dude has never so much made headlines for a parking ticket. When we got guys like Richard Sherman popping up for domestic violence last weekend and getting arrested and stuff. And like it happens all the time in the world of sports. And LeBron, who's had the most scrutiny on him of any athlete I've ever seen, bar none, has never so much as had a minor incident on his record off the court. The dude is just clean as a whistle. The, you know, his family values, like I've seen criticisms of him about him giving his kids too many Christmas presents. And I'm like, what What are we doing here? You got that kind of money. Why not? What are we doing here? Yeah. Oh, the guy wants to spoil his kids because he can. Like he also spends millions of dollars putting thousands of kids through schools in uh, in his hometown in Ohio, like in Akron. He has just totally raised the, the quality of life in that town and in the greater Ohio area for decades now. And I'm like, I just don't understand why people can't just appreciate somebody when we have this like once in a generation dude come along that is just genuinely good. Like yeah. why, why does there need to be criticism? Why, like, like he's come off as cocky at times. Like he even on a, on that um, HBO show, I think it's called the barbershop. Yeah. That, that he's I've only on, watched a couple episodes. I don't really like it. He but. admitted that his, his uh, championship where they came back from down three, one, the Cavaliers did against the warriors to give the, mm-hmm. um, to give the uh, Cavaliers their first championship, he admitted that he felt like that win uh, made him the greatest of all time. And I'm like, okay, that was a little bit of a cocky thing to say. Why don't you let people decide that about you, come to that conclusion and not sit I'm like, going to go ahead push. and say that people have decided that about him. They've been saying that since he was like two people years have been saying into it. the league. Yeah, you know but I mean? at the same time, don't be the one to push that narrative. That's a mistake for your image. The South Beach, take him a Towson South Beach thing. He, he used that as a uh, way to raise funds for charity. He donated sure. like millions of dollars off that event, I, off the I viewership. I think almost, entire, almost the entire, uh, like, you know, the money that he made, almost all of it, I think he donated to a charity. He, yeah, he didn't which, profit off that at all. It was just more yeah. like, it, was, it, it just came off as cocky to people. And they just, the other thing is people have deified MJ from his time in, you know, active as a player. They have deified him to the point where, you know, any uh, assault on his legacy or like anybody challenging him for goat status is assaulting like a, like they're like challenging this like God of the sport. And therefore there has to be something wrong with this person. Like there have to be flaws that we can pick at to like not ha- have to accept that there's, there could be something on the same level. And right. like, I, I guess for me, I guess for me, I think that's ridiculous. And I, it, I, I'm actually in a lot of the sports talk, like Facebook pages and stuff that die in Reddit forums and stuff that dive into that concept on a daily basis. And at some point it's exhausting. I think that you can make a case for four or five different guys as the greatest ever. And, and I don't see, you know, talking about one as potentially the greatest as challenging the other one's, you know, quality of, you know, career. And so I, I don't know, I was excited for this movie because to me, I think LeBron is the closest comp to Jordan, and you know, as far as um, like overall career accomplishments, and therefore, I was like, man, let's see if we can uh, have the tiebreaker be who had the best, better Space Jam movie. <laughs> All right, well, that that actually is a good way to get back on topic. Um, 
what it which did you like this more than the original maybe we can wrap it up with that or yeah um i think i like the original more i think i i mean it's probably just like my own um uh what's that called when you look back on things fondly nostalgia nostalgia that's what it is um yeah, I think it's probably just my my nostalgia surrounding it, but I I really do like I mean, I remember when we were kids, it was like you know, one of the first VHSs I remember watching. It was one of the first movie, movies I went and saw in the theaters. You know what I mean? It was like a big deal for me when I was growing up and I really liked it. And I still I still think it's a great movie. I haven't seen it in a while, but you know, I just I think it's a good movie and this one was fine. But I don't think that it really like uh, held up the same or will hold up the same way that the original did. Um, part of part of that I think is again that deification of Michael, where they look at everything like that guy could do no wrong, and I'm like, man, really? That guy had a huge gambling problem. That guy was, you know, like he had a bunch well, of I'm stuff not, off the court. That's not. I'm not saying that it's about Michael, right? I just well, I enjoy think that's why that. it's. I think that's why it's seen as a true classic versus this one that might, you know, be seen as a flop. I've seen a lot of bad reviews for it, and I'm like, I think it's really coming, you know, because LeBron is seen as more fallible or whatever. Where you know, Michael, whereas Michael's seen as untouchable in a way. Right. I don't think that that's what it was for me. I what I would have liked is if they were going to do a Space Jam with Braun, I would have liked for them to do go in like i guess a different direction i don't i don't really know what i would have done but it just i don't it was very like felt like we were treading on the same the same ground it was the same movie it was for sure the same exact movie they just took a bunch of superstars from the nba's powers to to support the new monsters could have come up with a better name than goon squad but that's all good um like, come on, I could come up with a name right here off the top of my head. I think that's better than Goon Squad. That's like insulting to your squad. Like, okay, go, go. I would name it the Poon Squad. All right, maybe I, I see can. the P give, on that. Give me, give me 20 minutes. But anyway, <laughs> um, I guess more than anything, it did feel like LeBron saying, well, if I'm going to challenge Jordan's legacy, I'm going to have to make the same movie, but modern it, modernize it. And like, that's like a rite of passage for all goats to like, to go through or something. I don't know. But. Um, I don't know if like I think the one thing that I agree after you pointed it out when we got into this conversation is they were missing a not just Bill Murray and MJ's cameo which I agree it would have been fun to see them again but uh, they were missing a Bill Murray character for LeBron they didn't really yeah, have I it in that... that movie if you're going to follow that same path where's the Bill Murray character like I don't know who you'd pick but at the same time I thought I... his boy that was going to be like that was kind of his agent yeah, yeah but then he didn't even get into the event leak yeah exactly he didn't even make it um i thought maybe from uh the bits that i knew lil rel howley or whatever that guy's name is um i knew he was in the movie i thought that maybe he was gonna play was that he the character. announcer guy yeah yeah he's kind of funny get out yeah he's a stand-up comedian he's really i think he's really funny um so i thought maybe he that's where he was gonna fit into the movie just because i knew he was in it but then he just showed up as the announcer yeah and like they, you know, they were they jokes, were missing that guy to get on the court thing. the other thing i felt like they did was they had bugs say man this sounds familiar like kind of like giving a nod to the fact that they were basically just doing the same movie over again and modernizing right. it and but the rest of the tunes didn't really 
um, like act like they knew like th that it felt like a similar storyline until they were like oh, Michael and everyone was like all pausing to see if it was actually Michael Jordan and I'm like okay so this is them showing that they recognize the fact that they've interacted with Michael Jordan before but other than that they all kind of acted like this is the first time they were going through this storyline and it was like you know I kind of felt like that seemed weird because you, you were so willing to tie this storyline to the original one but you were in some ways acting like these these characters that were in it are like ignorant of the fact that it's just kind of happening again. You know what I mean? That seemed weird to me. You think that they would like have more cleverly, like just accepted the fact that they were just making the same movie twice. Yeah. Um, something that we had talked about earlier that I, I don't think we've talked about on the recording uh, thus far is um, the structure of the movie, how they bounce between worlds to like get the team back together. Mm -hmm. um, we had already talked about this. I didn't really, necessarily like that because it felt like a lot of it was very ready player one for me where it's just like warner brothers just showing you all the different ips that they own and i just kind of i you know i already know all of that i don't really care you know you don't need to show me all of that um how did you guys feel about that jeff what did you what did you think about that bit i mean I, overall about the film i mean I, I thought that that component of them going and, and revisiting those wonder brother properties and and getting the team back together that is spread out across the server verse I, I enjoyed that part quite a bit i thought it was very entertaining to see the characters and their different uh utilizations um yeah i enjoyed that perspective or that that those moments in the film probably the most um i thought it was a strange choice to to have nba superstars modern nba superstars like i obviously i think lebron's going to be uh, memorialized across all time as as one of if not the best basketball players of all time so having him be in the film sure but like Anthony Davis Clay Thompson like obviously basketball fans will be able to remember them but but I felt like uh, you know having the other superstars be in the film um, I don't know was an interesting choice I mean they did that in the first one they, it's Ewing, exactly what they did in the first Bowles. one yeah Char Charles Barkley it was Sean all of those Bradley. guys yeah, and I actually I got a level with you, man. Coming from like living in the Portland greater area, I kind of appreciated having Dame. Seeing Dame, yeah, I was, I was like, like oh, "What's up, PDX in the I knew, house? That, I knew <laughs> that a couple of those guys had been mentioned as being in it. I knew Clay had been mentioned. I knew that they had talked about Dame. I didn't know what their involvement was going to be, but I figured it was something like what they did. But Dame time is a big thing up here, where like when he starts taking over a game in the fourth quarter, they call it Dame time, and he's got like he's just incredible in the clutch. And so for right. them to have a like an actual part of this be like him being the guy that has some control over time and you know it like actually referencing dame time i was like i'm glad that they immortalized that especially because he's about to request a trade i think so <laughs> yeah i hope not but i mean they keep saying i i've been seeing um i mean again we're just gonna keep trying to say we need to get to loki so we stop talking about sports but um they're saying that dame there's like conflicting reports a lot of people think that he's gonna request a trade but then people who are you know quote-unquote close to him are saying nah he doesn't want to leave portland he loves portland and he's in, he's done a lot of reinvesting of his wealth in the portland black lives matter stuff and the you know the lower income school uh districts he's been giving money to that like he's done a lot of great stuff for portland so it would be kind of a, a bit a major loss for the city i, I think it also left, will but... be a little bit hypocritical just considering the fact that uh you know he has said in the past like you know he's made fun of other stars for like or like called criticism on him for super, yeah, like super teaming up and bouncing around. And he's like, dude, you should be trying to win it with your original franchise and blah, blah, blah. So if he leaves now because it's, the Portland doesn't seem like they have a direction, I'm going to say, you know what, man, that's fine. 
but then don't say that crap if you were willing to do that. You know, if you're going to say that stuff, stick around no matter how bad it gets. Like that's what you were saying you were willing to do and now you're not going to do it, whatever. But uh, yeah. anyway, it was cool to see him in the film. I, I thought that was fun. And I think anytime I ever watch it, I'm sure I'll probably watch this again with my kids someday or something. Like, you know, it'll be kind of fun to be able to see Dame time and be reminded of, you know, living here during the time of Dame, you know, Dame Lillard in Portland. And I thought that was kind of a cool thing to have added. For, yeah, for me, I, to, I like to answer the original question of whether or not it was better than the original, I would say oh, the yeah, one sorry, thing... I forgot about that, Jeff. The one thing that... Uh, <laughs> that we talked about before, but I haven't said here is that I, I was kind of put off by uh, Don Cheadle's performance. I don't blame Don Cheadle specifically for it. I just didn't personally enjoy it. And I didn't have that same reaction to any of the characters in the original film. So I would say that I probably enjoyed the original more. I think the original one didn't take itself too seriously. There's a couple of different jokes and, and things that happened in the first one that I, I thought are just entertaining. Um, that that totally you know don't make sense but didn't have to whereas this one i felt like they tried a little too hard or or took themselves a little too seriously um in their attempt to make a, a sequel that somehow captured the essence of the first and i think that uh they got a little by the wayside um with with don Cheadle and his uh clear overacting i it kind of uh i don't know left a bad taste in my mouth as far as in comparison to the original. Again, I think the film was fine. I enjoyed it, but um, in comparison to the original, I don't think it was better. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. S sorry. So you're saying the same thing as me. <laughs> you you, you like the original but, more. But Brian, better. could you actually answer if you no, like this one more? No, I'll call it, I'll call it 50-50, honestly. I felt the same about it, which I'm actually going to call a win because I was kind of worried about the sequel, like kind of putting right. a bad taste in my mouth for the original. So... I think the fact that I would call it pretty even is is a positive. Um, now, I did I, want to ask you something. Oh, sorry, Brian. I, I thought you were done. No, I'll, I'll make it quick. I was just going to say, you know, for the most part, um, the storyline was the same. I thought the acting quality was the same. Don Cheadle's didn't bother me because I felt like that was kind of playing it up with the whole it being a kid's movie and everything. Um, I thought the kind of the CGI was really cool. I, I didn't really mind the Warner Bros, you know, masturbation session too much um so i guess for my for my money it was worth about the same to me and and uh i think it was uh fine as a sequel so call it call it a tie between jordan and lebron hold on a second is so they have different planets that them mascara on a different planet than the rest of the dc so they had like a dc au and then they had like the dcu Let's not get too deep there. What does DCAU stand for? Animated Amazon? Universe. That's that's oh. well, you've got you've got bugs. You got uh, Daffy and uh, you know being fake yeah. Superman, and you, they I get like stopped. That it was the like the Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. Uh, like animation. Uh, but, although I want, I was hoping for some of the voices from you know I can't remember that actor's name who plays um, the Superman voice in the Bruce Tim. Yeah. Um, I, you I know, know Superman stuff, but. Um, I was kind of hoping to hear it and then it just showed him and then they left and I was like, oh man, I really would have liked to have that voice actor come back. But then they I go know, to a different he planet. Died, actually. But. They went to a different planet and they had Themyscira there, which I get Wonder Woman's a huge property, but it just seems strange that... Uh, I did like that the, the Junkie XL Wonder Woman theme made an appearance during Lola's uh, that, that shredding guitar sound. <laughs> I, I love that shit. I think it's so good. I know that people don't really like it as much, but I think it's a great uh, it's, theme. It's for a highlight. Women. It's a banger. Um, 
anyway, I did want to point something out before we wrap this up, because this is actually taking a lot longer to talk about than I thought it was going to. Um, I thought we were going to be in and out on on uh, on this one. But um, the the initial meeting that um, Braun has with uh, uh, Sarah Silverman and Glenn from The Walking Dead, uh, Stephen Yuen, um, he, they, they pitch the warner brothers 3000 where they scan michael jordan and put him into LeBron. excuse me they scan lebron james and Easy put mistake. him into a bunch of movies um and he just sits there and makes fun of it and like they they're really cynical about it and it pisses um uh algae rhythm off and then as soon as he gets digitized and into the serververse and is running around with uh, Bugs Bunny, he literally does the thing that he was just making fun of for the movie. I mean, for the the pitch from Algae Rhythm, he does the thing that pissed Algae Rhythm off. Almost feels like he could have been like, "Hey, actually, you know, I just did that thing that you were talking about. I like it." And then Algae Rhythm would have been like, "Oh, word," and then not been a bad guy. All right, then we're cool. Here's your kid back. <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. If you're down, like, yeah, sorry about taking your kid. I, I'm a computer and I have problems, but. You well, know. and I just don't get why LeBron didn't have the opportunity to turn to his kid and say, do you realize if your team wins, every single one of us is trapped in here forever? Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe throw throw the game. Like, what are we waiting for here? Why are you still scoring against me? Like, But that conversation never takes place. LeBron's just like, cool, I'll take up the challenge and beat him. And I'm like, why don't you just tell him, like, yo, man, like you're going to trap I mean, even your mom in here. It's the same. It's nah, the I'm going to dunk on this little bitch. It's the same <laughs> Warner Brothers logic script writing from Batman v Superman. Superman's like, wait, yeah, Batman, I don't want to fight. It out. Yeah. I, we'll I don't want to fight. I want to talk. Oh, you want to fight, motherfucker? All right, I'll fight. <laughs> Fuck talking. Yeah. It's, you it seems like with sound canyon. That's canyon, a black asshole. That's a plot hole I have a hard time with because it just seems like logically speaking, it doesn't so, take that many brain cells to say, yo, Al, man. Is Al G. Rhythm's name actually Al Gore? No, it's just algorithm. Because <laughs> his name it's, is Al Gore Rhythm, right? No, it's algorithm. Al G rhythm. It's just a play on Al Go rhythm. Although yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen, um, it would have been funny if they had him be the guy, though. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I would have liked it. What if they had yeah, happen be Al G rhythm just because it's Al G or something? I don't yeah, Al E G. Yeah, that would have been really funny if he at least showed up. I don't know if Warner Brothers owns that property, but if it was just Al E G as, as Ali G rhythm that that's a movie I'm into let's 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 pitch this so Space Jam 3 the legacy continues um Sasha Baron Cohen is Al G's brother Ali G rhythm and uh he has the goatee and he drives that weird European car anyway uh wrapping up uh yeah I mean it's a good movie I think that you know if you like I said earlier if you have kids that are in that like you know, mid, you know, mid, uh, I don't know, like, like they're kids. five to 10 to 15, somewhere in there. They'll probably or, like it. Or if you saw the original, just go watch it. There's no yeah. reason not or, to just spend two hours I mean, on if it. If you have made it through this far and you haven't watched this movie, I don't know what you're doing, but also I don't care. Do whatever you want. Um, okay. all right, let's move on to Loki. Yeah. Everybody. Loki. Yeah. All right. Um, full spoilers for Loki, um, but maybe we just go around and say if we like the series as a whole. I'm just going to go ahead and say I liked it. I don't think it was the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life, but you know, I think that it had a lot of uh, a lot of bits that I really did like. Um, 
but I have a lot more questions than I think I would have liked to have at the end of that um, of the season. I would have preferred a little bit more neater wrapping up of uh, the story, but that's not what we got. I still enjoyed it. Well, um, let, let me let me ask go. you real. Well, Jeff, you go ahead and give your opinion first. I'll give mine, and then I have a question real quick before we dive into details. Sure. Um, so, from what I understand, the, the story, most of these uh, Marvel Netflix properties are supposed to be twelve episodes each, and that Disney COVID. Plus, dog. Sorry, uh, and that each of them were supposed to be, um, yeah, twelve episodes each, and then each of them got shortened in order to make it within the time constraints for the production time, bit from COVID, and so a lot of people are theorizing that uh, you know this would have only been half of the story, and that maybe they changed some things in order to make it all fit within the timeline of the rest of the movies, but. Um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought the acting was phenomenal. I enjoyed the action. I enjoyed the uh, the um, connection between the characters and how they played off of each other uh, and the roles that each played and how it fit within the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Brian? Um, I thought it was really good. I, with all of these, I come in with less of a, I guess, a, an eye for minor details so i you know being casual about it i, I thought it was great I, there's comedy and and quality acting and cool visuals i got very little to complain about although i definitely had questions too uh, my question to you guys um rank it rank what we've got so far in terms of tv shows so uh i'm talking about um wandavision i'm talking about falcon and the winter soldier or falcon and yeah, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I'm talking about this one, Loki. Did we have any others that I missed? No, no, that's it so far. Give me a one, two, three, like as far as like overall quality between those three. I felt like the production quality on Loki was really, really, really high. Like the set designs, um, the special effects. Um, the uh just like the world building that they had to do it was really really big you know um also getting owen wilson in couldn't have been cheap gugu and batha rock couldn't have been cheap um jonathan majors uh couldn't have been cheap um you know all those different tom hiddlestons i mean they probably each got a different paycheck you know what i mean yeah the alligator um, must have made a killing yeah um Richard E. Grant shows up in there. You know what I mean? Like you got some, you got some high caliber in that, and you know that couldn't have been cheap. But that being said, I think I liked, uh, I think I liked all of them pretty much equally. Uh, it's kind of hard to pick up one, two, three on that. Um, I think maybe I have to go with Wandavision as one, and then Loki as two, and then Winter Soldier and Falcon as three. But that being said, like there are bits from Falcon and the Winter Soldier that I'll put above all of them. You know what I mean? Like that first episode where Falcon's doing that canyon, you know, stealth fight. You know what I mean? With against the helicopter and shit is so sick. Um, but like the overall mystery and how things unfolded in Wandavision was really cool. You know what I mean? Um, well, yeah, and it was cool to see how Falcon and the Winter Soldier attacked. You know, current. Uh, issues you know yeah like, i thought they and, did like, a really the race good job thing was really good i thought you know and i thought yep. that was really important um to see and it was really moving um but then the uh, loki 
was really good and I like the questions that it expands on for the, the greater world of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? But it was so, there's so much, it was really slow, I felt like. That, like, I think I said that about the first episode and that, that is a comment and a detraction for me for the whole series. Like every episode felt like it was 90% just like two people in a room talking about time paradoxes and it was just sort of like yeah we get it let's let's do something here all right you know i don't i don't know um yeah uh, yeah jeff how are you feeling about that i mean for me falcon and the winter soldier probably takes the cake as far as the the number one of the three shows i would put loki's number two and and wandavision's number three for for me i think that my favorite part of this whole marvel cinematic universe is how everything kind of builds off each other and the only thing that thought that WandaVision really established was that Wanda is powerful, which is something I knew going into the show. Um, you didn't have a massive greater impact on the Marvel Universe. Um, it didn't establish really. I mean, I guess it established some new characters, but for the most part, like I feel like that they could have been done in other ways that would have been just as impactful. The show didn't, and the show was very entertaining. I'm not saying the show was bad. I'm just saying its effect on the greater Marvel universe, it was just too self-contained, too small of a scope um, for me to put it on the same scale as the other two. I think that with the introduction, with the introduction and their usage of John Walker in Captain America and uh, or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I I absolutely love John Walker's character and and the you know look into the psyche of the American soldier and, and how that affects this position that uh, in the legacy of Captain America and trying to fill that role with the mentality of a modern day American soldier and the, the stress and anxiety of, of having people assets that don't want to work with you and work against you. Everything's working against you because you represent a country that a lot of people don't like. Like, I, I don't know. I thought that the actor that played John Walker um, did a phenomenal job and it was probably my favorite part of the show. And, uh, yeah, and then everything else that we talked about as well, as far as you know, race and the introduction of uh, uh, Isaiah Bradley um, and all of those characters, the the establishment of uh, Sharon Carter with her at the head of her own agency, which I'm not even sure which direction they're going with that, but I'm fucking stoked for it. Like I don't know, um, and I think Loki is another one of those shows that also had a massive impact on the. Uh, MCU obviously when we get to the end of the, the final episode um, but yeah I, I, like I said in my brief overview I thought all the performances were phenomenal we touched on Owen Wilson I thought Owen Wilson was hilarious um, but but Tom Hiddleston obviously stills the show there's a couple different highlight moments like there's the with him in the prison where he's constantly getting in that torture chamber with Sif after he cut her hair like I don't know I enjoyed that scene a lot where he's just reliving the same event and trying to achieve a different outcome and each time that he tries to do something different, she actually responds and responds differently, but still has the ultimate message, regardless of how he approaches the situation. That's probably a really impactful uh, torture chamber, I, I can imagine. Um, um, Brian, Brian, how, how are you ranking it? I mean, you asked the question, but let's see. How are you feeling about this? Uh, WandaVision. Uh, and then I, well, I'll, I'll just call them all Ty. I, that's a bullshit answer, yeah. but... But at the same hard, time, but that's what I wanted to do too, right? Like I'm, I'm like, God, they're all pretty much equal. But if yeah. I have to put them in a one, two, three, I think that's the order. Yeah, I, I, I would probably go one division, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then Loki. I, you know, they're, they're I don't know. I, I think it's more just because I'm not a huge like Loki guy. 
Um, yeah, I think he's I honestly cool, don't really but... understand the character obsession of Loki. Like people fucking obsess over him. I mean, Tom Hiddleston is charming and he's handsome. Although his hairline, he needs to go see LeBron's dudes because his hairline is pulling <laughs> back. He's get he's balding quick. Um, but uh, yeah, I did, sorry for cutting you off there. No, but cool. I, I want to start kind of steering the conversation into the 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 story. Yeah, um, that's fine. How are we? Uh, so this is something that we've talked about in the past and like it's difficult because I, I love time travel scenarios and that that concept and like just sitting and thinking about it. I mean, half of the sci fi books that I read have some sort of time travel component because I think um, that time travel is just such an interesting idea or like alternate universes, multiverse theory. Um, I'm really I really love that kind of stuff like a lot because I just think it's such a rich topic to explore and think about the problem is that it becomes so overly complex anytime that you start creating a story about this and that makes this show very hard difficult to talk about because it just (laughs) i don't know that every bit of it made sense because it's so there's so much there's so many paradoxes that are just created just by the simple fact that the tva exists like where do they exist outside of time they they go yeah but how explain to me what outside of time means they're in the quantum realm they are you don't know that that's a theory right yeah i was gonna say i don't think that that was ever confirmed well it's because loki doesn't know about the quantum realm yeah, but that doesn't that that doesn't mean that they. It's a they but are. but Tyler to his point, it's a way that this could work. So it's not necessarily this doesn't make sense. Sure. You just sure. Didn't I'm get not your saying that it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying it, it. I don't even know where to start with this with this conversation. You know what I mean? Because it is so overtly complex that. Um, I mean, I don't know. Is there any bit that you guys want to touch on specifically in this story? Okay, you- let's just talk about the big bad. It's not Kang the Conqueror. It was uh, He Who Remains, which is um, a version. Yeah, it, it's either maybe he's Nathaniel Richards. He doesn't actually give himself a name, right? It, maybe he's well, Nathaniel he does Richards. say. I could have sworn he said the name Nathaniel Richards. Uh, no, he didn't. Um, but he, you know, he is. It's basically so Kang the Conqueror has like a really complex backstory in Marvel. Um, and again, I've already, I think I've already talked about this in a previous episode. I don't know a lot about him. Um, I've done research uh, on the character, like, you know, through Wikipedia or, you know, fandom.com or, you know, things like that, where I've, I've read character histories and I have read comics where he's in it. I just don't, I haven't re- done a lot with him. Um, but apparently that he had like, nobody really knows definitively who Kang the Conqueror is in some versions. He's Nathaniel Richards. In some versions, he's someone else. He's like an Egyptian king. In some versions, he's some something else. Um, he's gone by multiple different names. Immortus. He has like some pharaoh name at one point. Um, and then, uh, you know, again, Nathaniel Richards, which is potentially a 31st century de- descendant of Reed Richards. That's never been confirmed either basically his backstory is really complicated so what they've done is they've just said all of those versions exist they're all different variants of kang the conqueror or of this character he who remains so um 
how did we feel about he who remains and the reveal of him and his explanation uh i personally thought that he reminded me a lot of the guy in the chair from uh from the matrix 2 yeah which is a, a movie it's that a i've callback. never seen <laughs> well, how do but you... i am aware of through that uh i guess it's just known in uh, pop culture now but well yeah but i was gonna say that scary movie bit where it... <laughs> yeah yeah well they nailed it in that scene so they nailed yeah. it in that parody scene but yeah he totally has that vibe where he's like sitting in a chair in some office pulling the strings and when they come in he's kind of got this cocky like i know everything that's going to happen bullshit but he's also been alive for so long that he's lost his mind a bit and he's like kooky and he's weird and yeah his his name is that character's name is the architect by the way that's right the architect the architect yeah uh yeah so i got i you know thought it was i thought it was fun i thought it was an interesting twist he who remains is a different character in the comics from kang um he's just like a guy who exists at the end of time um but uh i thought you know it it, it worked oh so they kind of just combined you... those characters yeah they kind of just i mean it's they, they, they're just cleaning up they you know the the story a little bit with him because you know his character backstory is pretty pretty muddy um jeff how did you feel about that reveal and that performance i mean i i thought it was i mean it was, it was heavily predicted from the fan base that that Tang was going to kind of be behind the screens once they revealed that the timekeepers who are actual characters in the comics um, were just androids and that someone was pulling the string I, it was pretty obvious to me that it was going to be some like Kang or or someone like him um, uh, so I, I don't have a ton of experience with the Mort- with the Mortis as far as my own uh, comic reading but um, I am aware of Kang and the different versions of him I, I thought it was interesting. I love Jonathan Major's performance. I didn't really understand uh, how he could only know so far in advance. Like, it didn't really make sense where he hit a threshold and was like, okay, I have no idea what happens now. Well, well and first off, how did a guy that was seemingly just a person from the 31st century get that power in the first place? They didn't really explain any of that stuff, which hopefully they dive into it later, but... Right. Uh, I mean, I don't know the answer to any of that. You know, um, I guess I guess for me, like the one knock I'll have on that, because I thought it was all fine. The one knock I have on it is I shouldn't have to go dive into the Wikipedia reading to understand what I just saw. Like if, if I want further information, that's fine. But I was like, who the fuck is this person? You know what I mean? Like what like what relevance does he have? And I literally had to go and do some reading to even understand like who I was looking at and all he had really explained was he was a dude from, you know, like, like an earth future who had, you know, kind of cracked the code on like time travel or whatever. But then all the versions of himself started conflicting together. But I'm like, who the hell are you? You know what I mean? Like, what the hell are you talking about, man? He's, like, are he you who remains? He was the last one standing, right? That's what it is, is he's the last man standing right but then like but you had powers in this future like does everyone have powers like or were you a superhero from that future why are you able to see into the future like just a man who discovered that the multiverse existed and then also discovered a way to 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 step outside of time i guess but yeah Um, that stuff was just super left open-ended and you just had to accept that there was just this super powerful being that was a human that's now i don't know so like that to me, like once I read up on it, I was like, okay, that makes sense. 
You know what I mean? But like, I yeah, I shouldn't have to do that in order to at least accept I mean, he's the not ending. Super powerful though, right? I mean, it was basically just a bunch of versions of himself that all discovered each other, and through their constant interdimensional war, one of them consolidated technology that allowed him to trans. I mean, theoretically, this isn't canonical, but would travel into the quantum realm, where he established a base of operations, discovered a monster that could consume energy from different variants of time and created an organization to delete entire timelines transport them into a single location where this monster then consumes all of those energy and people how can he view timelines though that's the part where it seems like a power that i'm not understanding from a normal human from wherever he was in the quantum realm he could see that massive time stream that was immediately branching out as soon as he died and he was sending people to go out and handle those. They have some kind of technology that monitors the time stream. He has selected the time stream that he's from as the primary sacred timeline and anything that deviates from that, he sends out agents to go out and destroy. Do you think, so did, did he reveal that it's because he's trying to avoid other versions of himself somehow? Yeah. He, He said that the versions of him are what ruins the timeline. And so in, in order to prevent them from existing, he right. ruins the different timelines so that they can't come and find him. So the secret true purpose of the TVA is literally to prevent other versions of him coming in and fucking everything up. That's exactly right. Remember when he says, you think I'm the devil? Wait until you meet my variants. Basically, he's like, I'm the most like the other versions of me are the most evil version, like the most evil things in the war- in the universe. Wow. And so I have to prevent them from existing, which is why I do this. Which is interesting because as soon as he dies and we see Loki uh, after Sylvie has pushed him back through into the TVA, she kills him and the TVA is a different TVA that has been organized by Kang the Conqueror. And we see the version of Kang the Conqueror from the comics with the helmet and, you know, he's the statue. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's implying that a different him. version of him is own, the leader created of the in his, Yeah. So basically, it, got, it implies that he got pushed into a different timeline or maybe back into the original timeline, but the timeline is fucked up now because King the Conqueror entered their timeline and he's the one that created the TVA. You know? Um, although I don't understand how the TVA could be different if they exist outside of the time. That's part of the that's part of the paradox that I was struggling with at the end of that episode. Well, where I was like, did they well, how always can change the TVA? But because he's he came into the timeline far enough back before they were removed from time, because TVA wouldn't have always been outside of time. They were established outside of time at some point. So if he's the one well, that how, established that's it, that's how that's not how outside of time works. If it's outside of time, then time doesn't pass for them. So how could it ever be changed? Exactly. That it's a paradox. You can't exist outside of time. I know that it's a, it's it's a suspension of disbelief thing, right? And I always tell you guys you have to suspend your disbelief, and I'm totally okay with accepting it. I just that it that's what I'm talking about with once you introduce time travel and create different like those kinds of things, it all becomes a paradox, right? It all becomes impossible. Then like nothing no part of it actually can can ever make sense. Um that being said, uh Jonathan Majors, Jeff, you didn't see him. You hadn't seen uh, Lovecraft Country, right? You haven't watched it, correct? Brian, you did though. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, like and I honestly got excited to Lovecraft Country. Yeah, right? we both, yeah. my wife and I, both got excited to see him again because we were like, "Oh, this guy's really good." 
Yeah. And then, and so, then he, for sure, he t- it was like a totally different persona. I was like, I'm glad that it's not more of like a similar person to what he was in the other one. He's like a totally different person. Right. And I'm cool. interested to see what he does with his variants because I think right. that he's, he's got a challenging really, role. Right. I think he's really, really talented as an actor that I, I think I've talked about this in an early episode of the podcast, but um, his, his performance as Atticus in Lovecraft country, I was just like from the very first episode, I was like, yo, I don't know who this guy is, but he's doing something like way different than we've ever seen. Like as an actor, he's, he's really putting in a performance that I'm really liking. And then in episode two, there's a major death and he has this moment where he's crying and he's sad and it like genuinely is the first time that someone's crying on screen. And I was like, that's too real. You need to like make that less real because it's making me uncomfortable. Like stop crying like that. He's talented, but here's the thing. Really good. I don't see them doing what they did with Loki where they had, they only showed him as one other variant of himself. And then all the others were completely different Lokis. You know what I'm saying? Like we had an alligator, we had a kid, we had an old man, but we only had one other dude that was actually this uh, Tom Hiddleston, right? And well, I, I think don't, that's a I don't budget situation. I don't think they're going to do that with um, Jonathan Major's character because, like, all that really was was them just establishing in a lighthearted way that there's a bunch of different versions of you. I could really mm-hmm. see Jonathan Majors having like a bunch of different roles that are just different versions of actually Jonathan Majors, you know? So that'll be kind of interesting because it'd be weird for them to be like, here's Dog Kang, you know? I'm going to be like, we have this joke already. You know what I mean? Like I want them to like, I want it to be Jonathan Majors delivering a different performance with every character. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that'll be interesting Um, to see how they approach that. I agree with that. I think that, um, that will be interesting to see. And I think they of all actors uh, that they've cast, I'm probably most excited to see what, what they do with him and what they give him. He gives him uh, kind especially of a, since, sorry, go ahead. Um, I was going to say, especially since I don't know much about the character that he's playing, you know, I don't have like a history of understanding, like not that I read a lot of Avengers comics with Thanos in them, but I was very aware of Thanos before they started looping him into the uh, MCU. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I'm excited to see him in this role because we're seeing this versatility with him, and it cut, totally gives me Heath Ledger vibes. Where like from role to role, I was like, it felt like you're watching a different human being deliver the performance. Right. And like right. Majors, I I have only seen a little bit of his his work, but at the same time, I already believe that he can deliver that kind of quality, and he's getting the opportunity in one real role. Like yeah. he's going to be able to sh- show that range, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you know what? I just realized that. Uh... That there's two Lovecraft country actors in the in this show. The the uh, oh the, the agent TDA, who was going TDA. out and pruning yeah. stuff, right? I, I forget what they called them, but B fifteen or B twenty or something like that. Um, and then and then yeah, and then him. Uh, anyway, so getting back to the main overall storyline, uh, how did we end up feeling about Sylvie and Loki? Um, we talked about how we didn't want them to be romantic, but then they kiss, which. I still maintain that if they fuck, it's it's just masturbation. If they're just versions of themselves, you know, the same thing. How are we thing. supposed to feel about it? Because it's like, it's literally it's, you're banging yourself. It's fucking fucked up. <laughs> when they kissed, I like we both had, my wife and I both had a, like a reaction of like, wait, I'm confused because yeah. it feels weird to me. I well, don't understand. Everybody in the, they even wrote that into the characters in the show being like, this is weird. Don't, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> like Owen Wilson's like, really? That's just yourself, you narcissist. And Jonathan Majors is like, <laughs> two versions of you. Like, this shouldn't have happened. Like, this shouldn't be happening. You know? 
Like you guys aren't supposed to fall in love with each other. You're supposed or to with compl- yourselves you're supposed or whatever. To be in conflict with each other. Right, exactly. But instead, they love each other, and that's it's weird. It's very, very weird. But I mean, I think that those two actors play off each other really well, have great chemistry together, and they're both equally attractive. So fuck it. I'll I'll watch you bang yourself. I don't care. <laughs> if we're gonna do it, let's commit. Let's do it. Let's make it really weird. <laughs> um Yeah, I, I gotta say I didn't find Jon Snow and Daenerys to be that weird, even though they're like aunt and nephew. I just accepted Ugh, it. I, I just accepted like that, that it all. I accepted that it was gonna be a part of the story because it was just the natural way for those two characters to Yeah, but someone wrote that fucking story. Connect admit i gotta admit it's weird yeah, i don't accept, I, i'm not too. okay with it but at the same time for some reason i just chose to accept it in that storyline it was just like all right but this one i don't know like i'm trying to get there but like part of me was just like i don't know this also, feels weird it feels like the, the reveal of, of john snow and daenerys being related was happening while they were banging in that show isn't like that were, weird they, that they, they were figuring it, like it out the they were banging and at the same time i think it was sam was talking to somebody and was just like Jon Snow is a Targaryen. <laughs> oh no, he's talking to Bran. Yeah. And yeah, and they're talking about how they're actually Targaryens and then at the same it's overlaying that dialogue with him just giving it to his aunt. <laughs> not not uh not really very cool. Kind of gross. But they played it off as romantic and I didn't like that either. Um not talking about uh Game of Thrones. Um talking about Loki. Uh how did we feel about her performance? I think uh, earlier we had all said that we liked it. We still feeling like she did a good job. Everyone? Anyone? Sylvie? At all. Yeah. Yeah, she was great. I thought I thought she did so, awesome. Jeff, you liked it? I loved it. I thought that Sylvie's performance was great. I, uh, yeah, I, I did not have a problem with her performance at all. I mean, the, overall, I think that the action performances in the show were, were very high. So... In a, I read an article that said that, and I didn't know this. So, um, Enchantress, there's uh, DC has their version of Enchantress that they ruined with the Suicide Squad. Apparently, Marvel's version of Enchantress is um, an Asgardian witch named Sylvie. Apparently, so I'm thinking that instead of her actually being a Loki, they just gave her the they just basically have enchant she's enchantress actually but they just say that she took the place of loki in her world so i think that maybe she's not a true loki variant which is why she goes by a different name um and has like a different set of powers than him i think that maybe she's just you know she's just she there is no loki in her timeline or in her in her universe there's a sylvie there but she just has the same placeholder or she's the placeholder taking the place of loki which is why they call her a loki variant but i don't think that she actually is one Hmm. anyway i just that's just a thought i had because she also doesn't have like the dark hair that all the other loki's have she doesn't necessarily have the same cockiness and overconfidence that all the other loki's have so you think they're gonna find out that she's not one no, I don't. I don't. I mean, maybe this is just a my own. They're gonna run away that, from this whole weird, like, kind of incest but not incest thing. Right. That's what I'm trying to get away from that part because it makes me really uncomfortable. So I'm trying to find a reason that it's not gross. Um, now, what does this, the end of this, mean for the MCU as a whole? You know, we already, uh, you know, have our unconfirmed suspicions that 
Spider-Man is going to be about Spider-Men, right? Is I mean, this is obviously the introduction to that. We know that um, that the Doctor Strange, the Realms of Ridiculousness, starring uh, Rob Deerdeck, is going to be uh, you know a major movie with uh, some multi-dimensional hijinks taking place. Um, I heard Chanel West Coast has been cast, so we have that to look forward to. Just kidding on all of those things. I do know that it's called the Multiverse of Madness. Just listen to. But the, the we have the episode. multiverse fractured off now, so that's basically that movie's going to pick up with Doctor Strange going, "What the hell? What the hell? What the hell?" And and they make, revealed make that Loki and Tom or Tom Hiddleston is in Multiverse of Madness. They've just revealed that after the end of. Right. The so that doesn't surprise me at all. It's going to be kind of like a uh, like a Thor Ragnarok style where a couple of them are in it together, but right, not exactly. all of them. This is not Wanda. not quite Avengers level, but like it's going to have a couple of them involved as a group, or like uh, you know, I guess Civil War had almost all of them, so or had all. No, it didn't have. Yeah, Hulk. It was didn't they have were Hulk. calling it uh, or Thor? Um, it, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a like a little Avengers bit of Avengers. It's like more is what they were calling it. Yeah, exactly. So this is going to be kind of Thor Ragnarok is where it's not quite that level, but there's going to be a couple of major players in it. Yeah, I kind of wish Civil War wasn't a Captain America movie. I wish that they had made it an Avengers movie, but still, it almost was, so it, it's fine. But um, but what do you mean? You just changed the title to say Avengers Civil War instead of... Yeah, because making it a Captain America movie, it kind of positions Iron Man as the villain in it, and I am squarely on Team Iron Man in that movie. I genuinely think Captain America should have just fucking shut his mouth and just signed for the <laughs> Sokovia Accords. Shut like, your mouth! Yeah, you should. Yeah, exactly. If I um, want to hear you talk, I'll shut my hand up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet. Samuel yeah. L. Jackson and uh, yeah, exactly. The other the guys. Other guys. Yeah. Which is funny because he's Nick Fury. He should have totally yelled at it. Is that yeah. funny? Uh, he wasn't even in that movie. Um, so there you go. At, not an Avengers film. No Samuel L. Not an Avengers film. At any rate, um, we know that we're getting a season two. It's the first Marvel uh, Disney Plus show to be confirmed for a season two, which is interesting. Um, we do know that, I mean, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is kind of getting a, a, a sequel in that they're doing a Captain America 4 and it's going to have Falcon as Captain America, um, which, you know, fine, great. Um, but I, I guess, I'm, what is the multiverse going to mean? Is it just basically just Marvel being like, now we're never going to run out of ideas because we can just cast whoever and just say they came from a different multiverse? Can we do X-Men movies? and have them not be tied into the Avengers world because we can just say it's on a different multiverse. Where's the fan is the fantastic four where are they going to factor into this? Is this what's going to give them their powers because they fucking fell through a multiverse and yeah. like, what is I it all? I mean? think that they had, would have a real opportunity to go off the rails there and what they could do. That's what I'm afraid is of. Just have a multi-movie storyline where they, you know, it kind of follows the right storyline, but has ramifications of the multiverse. Like, playing major roles in all of it but it kind of becomes like an infinity war style thing where it does come to a head at the end you know where they do find some way to resolve the issues caused by the multiverse i don't think that they can afford to go 10 years of you know just slipping in random stuff and then explaining it away as a multiverse thing so i'm not too yeah. worried about it to be honest jeff do you have any thoughts on this I mean, to be fair, I don't think that it's something that has to be concerned. I don't think it's a major concern. I, I think that, one, the first thing that it gives birth to is the What If series, which is one of the new Netflix TV shows that explains, you know, right. what would happen. Did you guys different... watch the trailer for that? Yeah, it looks great. 
And I think that this immediately gives birth to that concept of, of feeding that, that world of all of these what if storylines. Um, but I also think it's a way for them to introduce new villains, right? I mean, the, the question that we're going to continue to have that they introduce fucking Galactus is why wasn't this a threat before when Thanos was going around? Like why, why are these big bads keep coming out of the woodworks when there were other big bads before them? Um, why are they each just in line to come attack the earth? And, and uh, the way that now they can explain this, at least for a short period of time before they, uh, you know, run out of, uh, before it starts to become annoying is uh, they come out of the multiverse. Right. Yeah. Just um... like, I think the multiverse is going to be kind of like, like a lot of the characters as we move towards phase two and three were connected to Thanos. The first guardians of the galaxy guy was uh, uh, Ronan was working directly for Thanos and Thanos gave him a infinity stone. And, uh, you know, a lot of the things kept tying into this greater overarching storyline that played out over like 10 years. And I think that the multiverse will continue to build. I think there's going to be a multiversal person, someone that's in control of the multiverse that they're going to have to end up fighting. And it's going to be a massive fucking phase eight uh, battle in the next 10 years. That's all going to come to a head and close the multiverse and where the Marvel Cinematic Universe goes after that, I have no idea. But I think it's going to continue to build and the multiverse is going to continue to emerge new threats that, you know, if the Infinity Stones is what's been driving the last, the first three phases. And I think the multiverse will drive the next three phases or four phases or however many they choose to have. But I think it's going to be just as good as the first half. I mean, I, I don't think that Kevin Feige's run out of creative ideas yet. So far, he's been pretty damn successful with making very entertaining films. Yeah, I agree. Um, does anyone else have any any uh, other thoughts on this? Anyone want to say anything else, or do we want to wrap up the conversation? Let's let's call it there. I think that we got to just kind of keep it coming as as these things continue to come out. But uh, I think that was a pretty good way to. Did you guys hear that uh, the guy that played classic Loki? I know Tyler was talking about him being uh, like an actual villain Loki when we talked about this show before. Uh, he said he wants his own Disney Plus TV show where he goes off on adventures with uh, Crocodile Loki. Yeah, so do I. I want, I want I one want, of those too. I want. I would be okay with that. I also really want Throg. I wish oh, that we. No, I was seen saying I want a show where I'm Loki and getting paid by Marvel too. So uh, if you guys yeah. can go ahead and just, you know, <laughs> that would be great. I would be okay with uh, seeing that. I mean, at this point, like, if Marvel just keeps putting out Disney Plus shows, like, I, or. I you know I'll be it's super easy to watch you know it's not like a, a a slog in any way it's not like I feel like I have to do it you know I I genuinely am enjoying them all honestly I think I may have said this last week but I kind of wish Black Widow was just a Disney Plus series I feel like it would have been they would have been able to use Taskmaster better um, it would have been kind of cool to get a little bit more time with Red Guardian um, and maybe a little bit more action scenes. You know what I mean? I'm actually really enjoying these Disney Plus shows because it gives so them more, more time, time to expand yeah. on on things and include cool action scenes and yeah. give us better character development. I, th- I think you know? I think uh, Black Widow just deserved a major film because definitely all the, did. all the dudes did. So I'm like, I, I, th- I get where that would have sent the wrong message, but you think that she would have been like, Nah, I'll take a show because I get more time on screen. You know? Yeah, and more money probably. Exactly. Um, because he gets paid per episode. Um, I don't know, but I'm I'm excited for season two. Um, you know, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm very excited to see 
when they're planning for that to come out? Like, is it going to come out before Ant-Man Quantumania? Or are we going to get more in like, you know, more Kang in it? You know, I guess, I, I guess we have to, right? Because Jonathan Majors is, is the now the leader of the TVA. Right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I'm, I'm excited by it. And I, put, I think put I'll, it, I'll have put it to the listeners, man. What are your thoughts? Let us yeah. know. I'm definitely going to have more thoughts as the weeks progress. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't think I'm very clear headed right now. So, <laughs> uh, I think I'm, I, I, I'll, I'll have more thoughts coming up and I'm, I'm sure I'll put them to you guys as they've come through. Um, otherwise, uh, do we have any recommendations? I think we're going to move into the recommendations, uh, section here. So Jeff, you got anything that you've been watching, reading, or, uh, listening to this week that you wanted to talk about? Um, Let's see. Last, did I talk about Matt Fraction's Hawkeye run last time? Last podcast, we just kind of you kind of mentioned it in uh, last week. We didn't really get to get into recommendations. We just kind of like sped run yeah, through. Yeah. Everybody said some stuff. Yeah. So Matt Fraction's uh, Hawkeye is pretty good. Um, this week I've been pretty busy. I haven't been able to watch too much, um, but I did start watching. There's an anime that I really like called. Uh, uh, how to pick up girls in a dungeon, which sounds like cheesy anime, but it's it's actually entertaining. Sounds it's about, like uh, uh, rape fantasy. It's it's not, but it's it's about uh, I don't know demigods. I might have talked about it on the podcast like six months ago or something. But it's about uh, like gods, Greek, uh, Indian, Egyptian mythology. All of those gods exist. Uh, very few of them have survived to this point, and they exist by having large familiars uh, familias which are basically adventurers that have sworn fealty to these different gods. And they all have like, um, uh, I don't know, there are large adventuring parties that all worship the same God who actually exists and, and interacts with them physically. Um, and the main character is in a familia all by himself with his goddess Hestia. And it's the two of them and, and him developing the rest of the familia. And, I started watching season three because I really want to watch it, but it hasn't come out in dubbed yet. Or in, in yeah, dubbed. So I'm watching it subbed, which is the first time I've watched subbed anime since like 2012. And I got to say, I don't like subbed anime that much. Interesting. Oh, you prefer the dubbing? I prefer voice yeah, English voice acting that I can understand. Yes. Yeah. I think that I fall into that same, uh, into that same camp when it comes to foreign films in general. Um. Cool. Well, um, Jeff, what do you? Or I'm sorry, Brian. What do you got? <laughs> Jeff's eyes got so wide. He's like, I don't have any more. Please stop. <laughs> um, I'm gonna um, keep mine super brief, just to uh, so we can wrap here. But um, the only Sylvester Stallone movie I would not recommend so far, in my viewing experience, big Stallone fan. Uh, absolutely hated Escape Plan Two. Don't watch it. That's all I got. I definitely won't be. I haven't even seen Escape Plan One. Um, no, that one's okay. Him and still, uh, him and and uh, Schwarzenegger play off each other pretty well. But Schwarzenegger ain't in number two, and it's just not the same. Yeah, I, I don't. I would say that don't watch anything from Sil- Sylvester Stallone past nineteen ninety nine. I don't think he's made a good movie since the nineties. Spy Kids. Terrible. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> he's not even in Spy Kids one. He's in like Spy Kids three or something. Right, that's um, when they really started to improve their... Yeah, that's when the, the <laughs> series hit its full stride. <laughs> um, what is your best Sylvester Stallone movie? Besides, I, I guess you're going to say Rocky, right? Or Rambo? Mm, 
First Blood. Rambo easily. 1. Yeah, Rambo yeah. 1. First Blood is probably the best one. I got a long list, gonna... though. Yeah, but I forgot about those ones. I was going to say Demolition Man is my favorite. I think it's like 96 or something like that. Him and Wesley Snipes just being really, really ridiculous. Um, his Judge Dread is terrible, but also uh, I have a soft spot for it. I actually really like it. Um, it's a bad movie, but I enjoy it every time I've watched it. Also, Diane Lane when she's super yeah. young. Oh, my God. She's so pretty back then. I mean, not that she's not absolutely gorgeous now, but... All right, move on. <laughs> what, what are your recommendations? Let's get it wrapped. I, I actually don't... Um, I don't have anything. I haven't watched anything new, I think, this week. I'm trying to think here. No, I got nothing. Well, if something I, comes I to mind, add it to next week's. Mainly want to hear um, from listeners. Rank uh, one division. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki. Yeah, and uh, let us know if you want uh, a t-shirt or anything like that. Again, Who, I will uh, kind of work out what the materials cost and what shipping will cost, and that's all I will charge you for it. So, Who's, who's the GOAT? Let's get into a sports debate. LeBron versus Jordan. Who's the GOAT? Yeah, or is it uh, someone else? Do you guys think Wilt Chamberlain deserves it because he oh. banged all those women? Um, or, you know, banged on the boards. I mean, we don't really need to get into this extracurriculars. No, let's get into him. Tell me how many women you think he actually slept with. I think he said, he said, he said 20,000. 20,000. That was his, that's his number. Is that physically possible? That's his, (laughs) that's his number. Anyway. I I, I need the, I need to see the math breakdown of how he came to that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, anyway, I, uh, yeah. Get in touch with us. We're, uh, clever kids podcast at gmail.com or at clever kids pod on, um, on Instagram, I actually did get we did get another message from um, from our boy Evan, who told me that I'm dumb. Um, let's see here. He said that uh, Naruto's name does not mean nut. It is a fish cake that's commonly found in ramen, which is what Jeff said apparently. Um, Nailed it. And then. He uh, he said that we need to do a Batman specific episode, so um, I think we're gonna save that until the Batman movie is coming out, like on that road up to it. I think I actually um, am gonna start developing a content calendar so that we can stop being like, oh, we don't have a topic <laughs> this week, um, and uh, I think that I'm gonna start as that movie approaches, we're going to have a, a few weeks of Batman topics that my brothers will have to discuss with us. So we'll be doing that. Um, otherwise we did get a lot of responses on Instagram about, uh, some questions I posted about black widow. A lot of people really liked it. And, uh, a lot of people agree that taskmaster was a wasted character in that, but we all hope that, uh, you know, Olga Kirilenko and taskmaster get to reappear in a, a future series. So that being said, thanks for listening. Uh, Let us know what you think about all those things. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye.